Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. What's up, people? Happy Monday. Happy first day of the week. Happy 4th of May. And may the 4th be with you. Uh, <laughs> and so today we're going to have some fun. Um, I got my rant out of my system on Saturday, I think. So uh, don't worry about that. Um, don't duck, you know, but um, <laughs> life is going to hit you. As Stallone says, um, nothing's going to hit you harder than life is going to hit you. So you got to know how to, you know, be on the defense a little bit. And, um, and you got to just know that life is, uh, what did he say today? He said, life is, is uh, undefeated. So you have to learn how to live life. Um, because life will knock you out if you don't learn how to enjoy it along the way and maximize life. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to enjoy, and I'm also going to take some questions and anything you want to ask about anything, like anything, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Anything. Just ask away, fire away. But um, shout out to all of you. And again, we're going to have some fun today. I feel like we just need to all take a deep breath, <laughs> starting with me, but uh, <laughs> but um, call a friend, get your family, tell them this is going to be the most important Facebook Live and Instagram Live that the earth has ever experienced on the planet, all right? And shout out to Theodora. First, first shout out, Theodora, you get it. And thank you for all the love and the prayers and the faith and being such a vital part of Life Changers family. Bless you. And uh, Ro, welcome Ro, Maribel, Carmelita, and Sam, Suzanne, Shell, um, let's see, Christine, Joshua. All right, brother. I think you're the Joshua from the Philippines. Bless you, man. Say hey to everybody there for me. Doreen, thank you for watching. Thanks, guys, for spending a few minutes with me today. Um, post your question if you have one. Uh, Han, welcome. Susanna, welcome. Oh, Susanna, don't you cry for me. Uh, sensei, we must all bow. Because it is, and oh, by the way, um, Diana, what a blessing. What a soul winner. You know what? I got to brag on Life Changers Church for a minute. We have the most amazing soul winners in our church. Diana is one of them, and Paul, and uh, Monica, and and um, and Wayne in at our Hoffman campus, who goes out and wins souls. And, and I'm sure that I'm not going to be able to mention all of you guys, but... Um, if you ever want to learn how to win souls and have fun at it and actually and actually win some and not just uh, like the first time I ever went to t share the gospel with people, man, um, or how about the first time I went to pray for the sick? So I went to pray for the sick in the hospital. I figured I was 17. I figured that's where sick people are. So I went to the hospital and started praying for people. Everybody I prayed for, the first five people I prayed for, died. The first five people that I laid hands on, boom, shakalaka, dead. Um, so that's kind of how my anointing got started <laughs> in teaching. 
uh, <laughs> since the healing anointing wasn't flowing. Actually, it does flow, though, from the teaching of the word. And because um, God sent his word and healed us and delivered us from destruction. So, um, but more shout outs because you, you matter to God. So you matter to me, Andrea, Sue, Han, Han, and Hans. Han and Hans for may the fourth be with you. Han Solo, that is. And uh, Anna and An uh, Andrea, Barbara, Cindy, Carmelita, Wayne, love you, man best. Congratulations. I saw you had a grandchild. Um, I, did you know Wayne just had another grandkid? God bless you, Wayne. Congrats. You're, you're too young for that, though. Helen, Kim, Barbara, welcome. Terry, some of you guys that are kind of joined the family, this daily family. Pamela, Essie, welcome. Sonia, Jody, um, wow. Vanessa, Vanessa, you are the best. Cornell, you are the best. I love you guys. Come to church. Uh, <laughs> one day, right? Uh, Sherry, welcome. Ashley Hines, woman of God, woman who fears the Lord. She's single, people. Um, <laughs> you're welcome, Marla. Uh, <laughs> and Ken, especially. Uh, Mona, Becky, Joanne, Lori, welcome. Terry, Kath, wow, you guys are on fire. All, all you news, new names, too. Uh, by the way, uh, Wad, love you, man. Um, Archana, Marvella, you guys have the coolest names in the world, for real. And um, lovely Rita, Rita Maid, uh, Rita, uh, Meter Maid, Barb, again. Thank you, Elaine, uh, Catalina, my first car was a 1970 Catalina. So, hi, Catalina. And um, I wonder if you're the Catalina that um, somebody prayed for, somebody came, um, called you and prayed for you from our church. I hope, uh, I hope um, you're well. If that's you, God bless you and your family and your, everybody. Um, Ursula, Sue from Florida, Terry, I'm sorry to bore you guys by calling out people's names, except the person whose name I'm calling out. That's not boring you. Uh, Paula, Diane, you guys are great. Sandra, Murray, Denise, Arlene, Kuja, um, Becca from Colorado, Nelson, so many of you guys. Okay, so let me start out with a gift today. May the 4th be with you in honor of May 4th, in honor of the Star Wars Day. Um, you see the cover is from, is this actually from Star Wars? Lego. Oh, Lego. it's Lego Star Wars, Star Wars Lego. It's similar. It, it's kind of like Star Wars. It's kind of star-ish. Um, so anyway, it's faith for your family declarations. These are really good, like um, uh, freedom from anger in the family that we're all learning how to roll out of that little anger spirit tries to come on us sometimes in every family. Uh, <laughs> powerful children. There you go. Olivia, I call out my daughter Olivia because she's a powerful child of God. Uh, blessed life and family. These are great. Um, my family calls me blessed. It's day 23. You get to my battles are God's battles in my family. Um, so I'm sending this, I'm giving you this as a gift today. Thank you. Yes, Lego. It's Lego. 
um, let go of my Lego. <laughs> I told you I got my rant out on Saturday. I got my preacher out on Sunday, and now I got my me out today. Okay, so um, uh, by the way, so this is my gift to you today. So if you go to gregorydickow.com slash um, promises, so you'll see the, uh, the precious promises of the blood book, which is my gift to you. If you want it in physical form, or if you want to download it, you can do that for free. And this is downloadable right, right away on my, on my website. And that's my gift to you also. So you can get both of these as my gift to you. You say, why are you giving stuff away? Because there's nobody to sell it to right now. <laughs> nobody's coming. <laughs> so I, you know, it's like, uh, you just find a way. No, I, the reason I really want to give this stuff away is because I, I don't know. I'm just revived in my giver. The giver in me is feeling revived, I guess. And I just want to bless you. And, um, and I want to feed you and I want you to have stuff that'll minister to you and, and empower you. So, uh, come and get your love, right? Come and get your love. -na 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 -na. Come and get your love. All of this is free, okay? These are my gifts to you, okay? Chauncey, Fortune, okay, Lindy, let me bless you. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna bless somebody back, you can certainly make a donation to our crisis relief fund in response if you want to, but it's not required. These can be acquired with nothing required. Got me? All right. Uh, <laughs> by the way, because um, today's just fun Monday, fun day, Monday is fun day, um, I want to read a scripture to you, and I'm just going to look it up so I don't botch it up because I'm getting old. I used to be able to, I used to remember these by heart, all of them. Um, so... But it's in 1 Timothy 6, verse 18, or verse 17, excuse me. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. Now listen to what it says, and then I'll take some of your questions. Um, and yes, um, we're going to continue to pray for you, Kristen, your husband, and we're going to continue to pray for people that are suffering and people that are struggling. I don't want you to think that me being lighthearted in any way is a reflection on a lack of compassion or empathy for anybody who's suffering right now. Um, because a lot of people are suffering uh, medically, um, physically, and a lot of people are suffering financially and job loss, and those things matter. All of those things matter. And God wants to meet all your needs. God doesn't want you to be, um, to be hurting. You know, God's a healer. Jesus is our healer. And, um, you know, uh, I like to say, um, like, the, like Jesus is our healer, the Holy Spirit is our revealer, and um, and um, I was trying to come up with a rhyme for the Father, because then I could have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But um, but we're we're standing with you. If you're suffering, if your family is suffering, please let us know. If there's a way we can help you with groceries, we have a food pantry that is available to you. We keep it stocked all the time. And if you, um, and for those of you that want our, my gifts to you today are the book, 
um, faith for your family confessions that I that I made and declarations and precious promises of the blood of Jesus. Both of these you can get as my gift. Go to gregorydickow.com slash blessing, or sorry, gregorydickow.com slash promises. And um, you can get both of these. Today, this one is available um, because it's May 4th. It's May the 4th be with you. So in honor of that and in honor of family. And I think this was, well, this came in last place when we did the little survey of uh, what, um, which book you wanted me to read out of next. Hey, kids, I'm going to read out of a book today now. This one came in last place, believe it or not. But this should be first place in your life because your family, you want to have faith in your household and faith in your family. If you're single, you're a family, you and God. You're still a family. Get, get this free, download it, and uh, it sounds like such a long commercial. I apologize. Um, but let me, let me take some questions, but let me read this verse first, okay? 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. Um, command those that are rich in this present age not to be conceited. He doesn't say not to be rich. He says not to be conceited. Tell the rich not to be conceited. So there's nothing evil about being rich, but there is something evil about being conceited. In fact, there's something evil about being conceited, whether you're rich or whether you're poor. If you're conceited, that's pride, and that's um, that's just uh, the worst the worst attitude I think any of us can have in humility is I think the prettiest and the most beautiful and the most handsome and the most um, adorable characteristic in a human, in a human being. And um, amen. So, so be humble and you'll always grow. You'll always be, you know, receptive to, to input in your life, teachable, thankful, Wow. But um, he says, instruct those that are rich, 1 Timothy 6, 17, not to be conceited and not to put their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us or richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Now, I want you to hear this. The Bible, the Bible tells us this is not some preacher telling you this. This is the Bible telling us that God richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Like God wants you to enjoy your life. How can I enjoy my life in the midst of this crisis? Because the Bible says, count it all joy when you encounter various trials. You're going through a very various trials. I got files of trials in my life. I got file cabinets. I got trial cabinets, files of trials, trials and fire of files cabinets. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like I know what it's like to have trial after trial after trial after trial, problem after crisis after crisis. And the thing that I've learned in crisis is two things. Well, let me give you three things in crisis. Number one. The first thing in crisis is calm. That's the first thing, calm in crisis. The second thing in crisis is empathy, empathy for others that are suffering. And the third thing that you wanna deploy um, or activate in the midst of crisis is laughter. So calm, empathy, and laughter. You gotta learn to find the calm inside of you the calm that comes from God, the, 
the, you know, um, and there was a great calm. Remember, they went to the other side. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. And then the storm hit. And then they woke him up because he was sleeping in the boat. And he, he woke up and he said to the, he spoke to the, to the sea, peace, be still. And the Bible says, and there was a great calm. I love that verse in Mark chapter four. And there was a great calm. You know why there was a great calm in the sea, in the water? Because there was a great calm in the soul of the Savior. When he said, peace be still, all that he was doing was taking what was inside of him and bringing it to the outside of him. He wasn't trying to calm the storm so that he could feel calm. I think sometimes we're trying to put out the fires in our lives so we can be at peace. We're trying to calm the storms in our lives so we can feel calm. And what we need to learn to do is feel the calm within, in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the raging sea. Jesus didn't need to calm the storm to sleep. He was sleeping in the midst of the storm. He didn't need to calm the storm. He did that for the disciples. He... He is the storm, right? No, uh, <laughs> so corny, but I've said it, I've used that. But listen, Jesus had so much calm inside of him that when he spoke it out, it was out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth spoke. Have you ever heard that verse? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, what your heart has an abundance of is gonna come out of your mouth and whatever comes out of your mouth is going to come to pass when you have an abundance of it in your heart. Some people can, we can sometimes try to repeat the right prayers or repeat the right words, but it's our heart isn't full of it. You know, our heart is full of it, but not that it, you know, a bad it, not the it that we need to calm the storm with. But when your heart is full of peace, then your, then you, then your mouth will be filled with peace. And guess what? your environment will be filled with peace. When your, mouth, when your heart is filled with love, then guess what? Your mouth will be filled with love. And guess what? Your environment will be filled with love. That's why Jesus could calm the storm. So in the midst of a crisis, there are three things that I believe you should bring to the crisis um, and use the force within you <laughs> for the crisis is calm, empathy, like feeling what other people, uh, un, try to understand what other people are feeling. Like, and I do appreciate the different positions that people take on this crisis right now, because it, frankly, it's the position that people take on just about everything. So there's the usually, and this is not to stereotype, um, but conservative Republican type people are concerned about the, the economy and jobs and businesses and people having food for their, you know, to put on the table from a, from an economic standpoint. And typically liberal Democrats are concerned about the health and well-being and the welfare of people's physical, you know, self. So if you look at a crisis like this, those are the two things that are happening right now. And guess what we need? Both. We need both. 
That's empathy. See, if, I'm, if I lean liberally politically, if I lean that way, if I did lean that way, I would need to find myself, um, I would need to find within myself the ability and the willingness to have empathy for people that feel the other way. It doesn't mean I have to agree with everything about what they, their position. Or if I leaned in a conservative direction politically, then I would need to find empathy within myself for the other position. Um, because God is in both. God isn't in one or the other. And frankly, that's what makes America great. What makes America great is God is in both. Like, you're not healthy. You're not, you're not a healthy soul if you don't have empathy. And you can't continue to keep your health, a healthy soul if you don't have a job or some income that helps people and helps your family and helps. So you see how no matter what is going on in the world, it's always going to come down to two positions. One is a position of trying to feel and, and empathize with people that are struggling and suffering. And one is trying to help people economically and financially. So guess what? That's why we need both. And that's why our country has this tension all the time, but it's still the greatest country because it still has the most freedom. And that's why we need both. Okay, so that's all I'm gonna say about that today. Uh, I hope that makes sense to you. So we need calm and you, you have it. It's inside of you. It's the presence of God. We need calm and we need empathy. We need to feel for others. We need to feel for others. And then we need laughter. Because laughter, don't make me sing now. I will go off on you and I will sing you out of this room. I will sing you off of this webcast or whatever it is. I will sing you off of Facebook. I will sing you off of Instagram. I will out sing you. I will so sing you off that as soon as I start singing, you'll get off. That's what's going to happen. So I'm not going to. All right. I already did anyway, by the way. I'm a, I give one song per day is my limit publicly. So, I mean, if you want more, you got to pay the cost. You want to be the boss, you got to pay the cost. All right. Uh, questions. What do we got? Show me what you got. What's, what do you want to hear, Olivia? Give me a question. Um, there's a lot. What is your favorite cheat meal? My favorite cheat meal is pizza. My favorite cheat meal is pizza. In fact, it's my favorite non-cheat meal also. <laughs> you just gotta, I, but I can only have 20, 400 calories per day. So that's one pizza per day. I had a dream about this, that this question got asked. It's been this is amazing. This is such a miracle that that question got asked and I answered it. All right. Um, next question. Oh, okay. You, first of all, you're talking to Mr. Rejection. Like, um, you know, when I tried to, when I, when I tried to get on the, when I tried to get on the football team in, in high school, I was a tailback. 
You know why? Because every time I tried to get on the field, the coach said, hey, Dick, I'll get your tail back here. So, <laughs> you know, um, I was really popular with um, nobody growing up, okay? I, w <laughs> I wasn't even popular with myself. I didn't like myself. So how do you deal with, um, what was the question again about rejection? Because I just went off on my, I went into my soul for a moment. How do you enjoy life? How do you enjoy life after feeling rejection? Yeah, after going through so much. Like if somebody jilts you? Uh, it's on the topic of just rejection. Maybe how do you enjoy life after you've been rejected? Okay, how do you enjoy life after being rejected? You have to accept yourself. Because once you accept yourself, um, you don't need other people's acceptance anymore. Like, God accepts you, and then you got to accept you. Uh, oh, by the way, Jose says, Pastor, you are no Frank Sinatra. Wow. Thank you. Frank you. <laughs> he said, keep it in the shower. Like you would know. All right. <laughs> Just teasing. Um, uh, so listen, rejection is uh, an assignment from hell against your soul. It's an assignment from hell to get you in a place of feeling abandonment, feeling um, that you are on the outside looking in and to keep you alienated from love, alienated from peace, alienated from um, fellowship with God and with other people. So what I, what I learned in my life was nobody was going to accept me if I didn't accept me. And when you get to, um, when you get to that place, and I, I think I put, I posted this on, um, is that post on Instagram or Facebook about um, being delivered from people? So either on my Facebook page or my Instagram page, we did a, um, I did a little teaching you know, some of the some of the kids, some of the young people in my church, they were asking questions. We sat around a table and um, just had some fun and we were filming it and they were asked. And one of the questions was, how do you it was something about um, approval, people's needing people's approval, needing people's acceptance and stuff like that. And um, and so I quoted this verse, which I will quote for you because it set me free. And years ago, and it'll set you free today. But um, but when Jesus uh, when Jesus encountered Paul, the apostle, who was at first Saul, and then became Paul the apostle, he he got a, he got Saul's attention, and he said to Saul, "Listen, this is me, Jesus, talking to you now," and. Saul was not a believer at the time, so Jesus appears to him. And then one of the things that Jesus says to Saul, he says, he says, I'm going to deliver you from the people so I can deliver you to the people. I'm going to deliver you from the people so I can deliver you to the people. So what was he saying? He was saying that the only way that you can be of any good to other people is when you're free from needing them. When you're free from needing people, and I mean in a needy way, 
in a in a um, in a dependent codependent way, uh, needing their approval, needing their attention, needing their affection, needing their likes. Like there's hundreds of likes going up on my page right now, and I like it doesn't matter to me. I don't need it. I don't I don't need what I don't need what I'm saying to be popular. I need what I'm saying to be powerful. I need it to be true. I need it to be something that impacts your life. And um, so he said, I'm going to deliver you from the people so I can deliver you to the people. Because you're, as long as you're seeking the approval of people and the affirmation of people, and as long as you're seeking that, then you're no good to them. See, so you're only good to people. You're only good for people when you no longer are depending on them. So like people used to tell me when the early days of the church, they would say, when, you know, it was just a small little church and um, I would have somebody that, you know, made a little money and would say to me, hey, I'll give more in the offering if you'll do this in the church or if you'll do that in the church. And my, my attitude was, heck no. Like, why would I, why would I try to, do anything to get you to give more other than teach you something that will change your life. And then you can give more to help other people. But when I would have like power brokers and I, and honestly, I ran some of them off. I, I wish I, I wish I wouldn't have, we could have done more good if they, if I, if I would have known how to be more wise, but I was, I was innocent, but I wasn't wise. Meaning I was like, no, I'm never going to, I'm never going to, I'm never going to let money influence how I run the church. Now, I think probably in all of our minds, from a business standpoint, money has a role um, because a church is first an organism, you know, a living organism, a living, dynamic, breathing organism, but then it's also an organization if it's if it grows and you have to run it with wisdom and you got to run it with you know good stewardship so anyway wow sorry for that long answer to a simple question but rejection is very painful and you got to love yourself but you can't love yourself till you understand god loves you once you understand god's love then you love yourself and then you can love others that's why the bible says Love your neighbor as yourself. You can't love your neighbor any better than you can love yourself. So you got to learn how to love yourself. And you can't love yourself until you understand how much God loves you. Because if you love yourself outside of God's love for you, it's usually self-centered love. It's usually like narcissistic. But when you understand God's love for you, then you can love yourself for the right reasons. And then you can give love to people with no strings attached. Capiche? Um, question, how do you um, keep faith when you've been praying for something forever? You know, um, faith comes from God's promises and um, you have to be listening. How do you keep faith? It's like, how do you, how do you um, keep um, anything really by, how do you, keep sharp with, um, if you're in the music industry or if you're in 
the clothing industry. You gotta, you gotta constantly be feeding yourself more of that so that you stay sharp in that. And so with faith, you gotta be feeding yourself God's promises so you stay sharp in your faith. Um, so, so I hope that helps. And so faith comes from hearing God's word. And uh, so what is God showing me in all of this? Somebody asked Sue, thanks for that question. What is God showing me in all of this? He's showing me love. Love never fails. He's showing me that what this world needs is what it's always needed, the love of God and compassion. You know, everything Jesus did in his life was with compassion. He looked at the people who were sick and he had compassion on them and healed them. The people that were hungry, he had compassion on them and fed them. The people that were suffering, he had compassion on them and eased their suffering. The people that were caught in sin, he had compassion on them and forgave them. And so I think um, love and compassion is always the most important thing that God's trying to show us, his love and to, and to love others as a result. And God's shown me that there's always, a, I should always take advantage of any moment in my life where I can reprioritize my life and make sure I adjust my priorities and make sure that God is first and foremost and people are first and foremost. Um, and then I would say not to trust people um, with all the facts because Nobody has all the facts. Nobody has all the facts about Corona. Nobody has all the facts about life. Nobody has all the facts about relationships. Nobody has all the facts about you. So I don't believe if somebody said to me, hey, you know, Terry on here or hey, Carrie on here. Somebody said to me, oh, I know that Carrie girl. Oh, let me tell you, I got the facts on her. I got the 411 on her life. Bull. I call bull spit on you. Nobody has all the facts on Carrie's life except God. Even Carrie, was it Carrie? Even Carrie doesn't have all the facts on Carrie's life. Only God has all the facts. Somebody said, um, religion has no compassion. Um, Man-made religion does not have compassion. Man-made religion is is condescending and man-made religion is 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 shame-based. Uh, it's religion that tries to shame you into obedience, shame you into subservientness. Um, real Christianity, which isn't a technically a religion, real Christianity is a savior loving you and sacrificing his life for you so that you can be born again um, and you could know him and you could know God. And the, the, the gap, the gap that was created between Adam, God and Adam, when Adam and Eve sinned, sin separates us from God. So Jesus removes our sins. So there is no separation anymore. And then we can be back um, with God. It's a beautiful thing. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. And um, so, yes, religion doesn't have compassion. Re man's religious rules doesn't have compassion. But 
but real Christianity does, because Jesus Christ does. He's our religion. Our religion is a person. It's, it's Jesus, and he is love. God is love. Man, you get a hold of that, it just changes how you look at everything. It changes how you look at yourself and how you look at life. Anyway, um, I hope you've been having some fun. I hope this has been lighthearted for you. I hope this is like gives you a decompress, you know, a, a breath of fresh air. Um, I'm just gonna do the best that I can with you. And, and, and when I say with you, I mean with you together. And, um, but I think when you, when you trust somebody has all the facts like the government or anybody else, you, 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 you sort of displace your trust from God and, and we need to, we have displaced trust. Trust is a powerful force, but it needs to be put in God and not in man. You know, we trust God, we, we trust God, we love people. We love people, we trust God. The vertical relationship is the secret. Mm. The vertical relationship is the secret to your horizontal relationships. If the vertical relationship is, is off between you and God, then the horizontal relationship is going to be off with you and people. But when the vertical relationship is this love and this, ah, uh, he forgives me, he forgave me, he forgives me, he's, he's washed me, he's made me, he loves me, he adores me, he's clothed me, he's empowered me, he's, he's kissed me and he's adored me and he's in love with me, then you are going to be a world changer. You are going to change the world because you're going to breathe out what you're breathing in. And whatever... Whatever's, whatever you're breathing in, if it can, like, listen to me. Like, I am an intoxicatable, intoxicatable person. Uh, things can intoxicate me. Like, I have a propensity. Growing up, I had a propensity to addictions in my life because I love being intoxicated. Um... This is, wow, don't, don't turn this off now and say, don't leave and say, oh, he loved, let me finish. The most intoxicating thing in this world and in any world is love. It is the number one most intoxicating thing proven by science. It's God said it. He said, my, my love is better than wine. My love for you is better than wine. So God already said that love is better than wine. He wasn't comparing something good to something bad. He was comparing something, something good, which was in that case wine, in, in, used in moderation. He was comparing something good to something better. Your love is better than wine. Your love is better than wine. Wine is good. It makes you feel good. It makes you happy for a while. It takes your mind off of things. It takes the tension down. So, and it's good detox. It's a good detox for your body. It's uh, or it has the um, resveratrol, right? So it has a, a nutrient or a, has a 
certain chemical in it that actually is healthy for your body and your immune system. My point is, is that love is better than that. Love is better than that. And so I'm intoxicated by God's love. And once you're intoxicated by that, you can be calm in the midst of crisis. You can have empathy in the midst of crisis. And you can have laughter in the midst of crisis. And when you got those three things working in your life, you can make it through freaking anything. You got me? Boom, shakalaka. Bye. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Same time. Same channel. I'll try to take some of your questions then.